0: Our businesses cannot work if we don't have the people to make it work. So it's out of some, in a kind of a way, we have no other choice but to take care of our employee well-being. But there is also a place of want. People want to do the right thing. And I think hospitality needs that genuine connection. We don't want to sit and work with robots. We are people serving people. And that is what makes our industry so special.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel, and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures, and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel, get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Now Boarding. Today, I'm in conversation with Sonal Uberoy. Sonal is based in Madrid. Um, she's the founding director of Spa Balance Consulting. She's also an author. She's authored two books. Um, the first one is How to Open a Smart Spa and has recently released a second book, which is called Book Uh, It's called Wellness Asset. Am I correct?
0: Yes, the Wellness Asset. The Wellness Asset. All of proof your hotel.
1: (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's very early um, for you, Sonal, Um, in Madrid while I'm in Singapore. I can see that you're all, you know, you've got a sweater on while I'm... I but I've just spent um, like two to eight weeks away in the winter months and I absolutely loved it so but yeah it's nice to have some um, I, although there's been a lot of sunshine even while I was in Spain and in the US but um, it's yeah it's nice to feel another kind of warmth so anyways I'm so happy to be
0: talking to you today so now. Thank you so much for having me. Pael. It's lovely being here. And yes, it is very cold here in Madrid right now so I'm I'm, I'm with my thick jumper on. <laughs> yeah, you're all kind of cozied up. <laughs> so,
1: um so yeah, let's uh, begin with a little bit about you, um you know, and I I I read that you um you were born in Kenya um and and so you know when did the transition happen I'm assuming you moved to the UK like a lot of the families did from Kenya um so when did that happen did you spend some of your childhood in Kenya or
0: you grew up entirely in the UK I was born and brought up in Kenya in Nairobi and then went to study later education in the UK where I read law at university. But I was always, always very strongly driven to wellness. Obviously this is like what, 25 years ago, wellness was not the word we use today. Um, It was the fitness industry. It was spa was just barely being born at that time. So I was always heavily drawn into looking after myself mentally, physically, spiritually. And while at that time, wellness was not an industry of its own, or it didn't have that social currency that it does have today. Um, Obviously I went in to read law at university, the typical things you did back then, go into Goldman Sachs because you do such things. And I never ever found that I felt fulfilled with that. And I decided to leave that world and dedicate myself 100% um, to wellness is when I came to Madrid, now nearly 20 years ago. And I actually joined the Reebok Sports Clubs. So I wanted to you know I was a fitness junkie. I loved working out. And I was wondering, okay, how can I work out for free and also be in the ambiance? And I asked them for a job and they gave me the commercial director role. And then after that, they gave me the spa director role. So that's how I got into you know managing day-to-day operations in what's in some shape or form a part of wellness and from there when you're in the right path life just takes you you know it takes you and there's one thing led to another then I was sent to six senses looking after the largest then largest bar in the Middle East then from there I came back set up my own business then I was headhunted by various other organizations and then you know, you one thing leads to the other. So wellness has been um, pretty much part of my life. It's part of my passion, and I genuinely believe right now we're living truly unique times. There is a before and there is an after, and the gift of the pandemic has been that wellness has been something that has been put on the map right now. Everyone cares about their well-being in some shape or form. Every business out there. Irrespective of where they are on the spectrum, cares, be it the well being of the employees or of the end consumer. So, this is, I think, now we're living truly special times, and there's a shift in paradigm in values. And we've never been positioned so well to ride that wave. Um, so, this is my world.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, and you've been doing it now for over 20 years, you said. Um, so what, um, so what exactly, um, does spa balance as a consulting firm do, um, in terms of, so, you know, for, for, uh, People in general going into a spa is to have a nice massage or, you know, so there's it's, it's very kind of cliched in a sense. Um, so what um, do you bring in as a consultant, um, you know, when you help set up a spa?
0: I set up Spa Balance way back in 2008. And at that time, the word spa was that little buzzword. Since then, and we're talking about 14, 15 years now, the world has evolved. I've not changed my branding yet. So I, I think the word spa limits what we do. Yeah. Um, what we do at Spa Balance is we're a boutique cons- consultancy specializing in wellness concepts for hotels, be it luxury hotels, mid-scale, or even low-cost, You know, different budget or budget-style Hotels, we design the wellness concepts for them. And in some places, in some hotels, that might look like a state of the art gym, a full blown spa facility, um, with also the mind body activities. That's for some hotels. In other hotels, it just could be a mindful breakfast, mindful meditation. It looks very different. Um, wellness is very unique, and each hotel has a very different reality. And we design these wellness concepts we help them implement them and we also make sure they have success with these wellness concepts it's one thing having a concept and implementing it it's quite another thing seeing it through True, to success. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that 360 degree focus on the business and the actual concept is what we focus on what we have added new is the focus on well-being of employees Normally, that is a role that human resources has taken on, and they continue to take that on. But I think here is where the wellness director, the director of wellness of any hotel, should now be heavily involved in not only promoting the wellness business, and that's predominantly spa, which is a revenue generating aspect, but also the well-being of the employees. And I think this is where the next step is it's not always that financial aspect when it comes to the concept it's also how well the people are who are delivering these landmark experiences
1: yeah it's important um so you think that um over the past few years it It's sort of evolved, and hotels, and you know, as you mentioned, um, uh, mid-range or luxury, luxurious hotels, or even the small-scale hotels, boutique hotels—they are all now um, uh, beginning. To understand the importance of not just the commercial aspect of it, but also um, the well being of the empl- employees so that they are able to then deliver better um, and communicate better. So, you think that there has been a shift in the past few
0: years? I'd say past two years. I mean, this oh, is the yeah, shift.: so that happened. It's accelerated. Literally I think Because it's of the pandemic happening. Some hotel hoteliers were already implementing them, probably some slower than others. But I think this, the pandemic has marked that clear um, it has shown blatantly clearly that our system was not efficient hospitality is not a sexy industry to go into at times long hours you cannot work from home when you want to you are working when everyone else is having fun it's a very very it's not for the faint-hearted we all know that and now the pandemic has shown even more the value of being with your loved one so doing pulling 12-hour shifts 10 days in a row is you know it's something of the past and we have been forced because we've had a huge talent drain, not by choice, but we've had a huge talent drain. And now to get people back because things are picking up and they're only going to pick up even more. To actually draw people back into the industry, we need to change the way things have done. We had a past. It worked. Now the future means we cannot put employee well-being on the side burner. We have to make employee well-being. We have to put it front and center. It is incredibly important. And yes, it's part like inertia. The market is leading us that way, but it's also pure survival. Our businesses cannot work if we don't have the people to make it work. So it's out of some, in a kind of a way, we have no other choice but to take care of our employee well-being. but there is also a place of want. People want to do the right thing. And I think hospitality needs that genuine connection. We don't want to sit and work with robots. We are people serving people. And that is what makes our industry so special. And in order to ensure that our people are serving our end guests and giving them and solving their problems for them, they need to be well. We need to create that environment. So we have been forced to revisit a business model that actually worked incredibly well. I mean, owners investing in a hotel got the return on investment, depending on the region, sometimes in a couple of years. There is no other business out there, brick and mortar business, that produces those results. What has happened in these last two years is that that's no longer the case. They're surviving. It's hand of mouth, just sustaining. You can't sustain yourself in business. You obviously want to make huge profits, but the word profit has You know, it's it's got a whole new spin to it. It's not only financial profit. It's profit on how are you improving people's well-being, your teams and your end guests, your environment, and also financial health. No one likes living hand-to-mouth. No one enjoys that. And no business enjoys that. You know, there will be a point where people will want to see substantial dividends. And that time will come. But now we're forced to rebuild our base that we've never needed to change in 150 years yeah we never needed to change it because it's always worked it's always worked so it's now,
1: like a, yeah it's like a wake-up call <laughs> and yeah
0: yeah we, we built our businesses based predominantly on one feeder market business and corporate travel that has changed suddenly people can't travel and suddenly businesses are you know learning look We could do an in-person meeting, which would be absolutely fantastic. But you're connected in Singapore. I'm connected in freezing cold Madrid. And we're having a fantastic discussion. And I hope this never, ever changes. This has come for the good. We don't need to travel anymore. We don't need to spend that money in order to connect in a very different way. It doesn't mean we don't need that physical interaction. We do. But things have changed and they have changed for the good. And we have to adapt our business models to this new way of working. As you mentioned earlier on in Singapore, suddenly people are working on building deliveries. We're seeing this in hotels. Hotels all about experience, come to our food and beverage outlet, look at how wonderful and beautiful uh, is our environment and our ambience. Suddenly they're working on deliveries Mm -hmm. because that is what the market wants. It's a bit like the case of Blockbuster with the videos and the high-fee rental charges or the penalty fees, and then Netflix. Yeah. Netflix, you can sit at home, binge watch all you want, because this is where people are today. Yeah. And when it comes to our industry specifically, we all care about our well-being. Money is not paramount, is not of paramount importance, it's important, of course, but we've changed. There has been a shift in paradigm and our values and on, on a global level.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. our businesses have to adapt to that shift. Otherwise, those businesses that don't, will not survive it at the end.
1: This episode of Now Boarding, a travel and tourism podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals. And it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. Yeah. Absolutely. So what kind of, uh, you know, just just very briefly, some of the programs that you have introduced um, um, to help the, you know, help uh, in the well-being of the employees of the hotels. I think you're now um, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are now at uh, working with the Four Seasons Hotel, right, in Madrid. Okay. Yeah. So, so then we can talk very specifically about um, your role there uh, in terms of the kind of different programs that you may have introduced um, to help in um, developing that aspect of the employees, you know, in, in, in help,
0: helping them with their, their physical, mental, whatever, well-being. I've only been with the company six months, so it's been very uh, very little time to go and implement. But what we have done is there's that strong focus on employee well-being right from the onboarding process, from when they're actually getting here, and we're also working together with employees, understanding what are their wellbeing needs. Your well-being needs might be very different from mine, and they might be very different from someone else. The idea is sitting reaching them where they are right now and offering them the tools to actually look after themselves it's a far more open it's a far more compassionate way of leading staff where well-being is important and once you look after your staff the productivity follows so the shift is not they have to be more productive no they they have to be more well And how do we make them feel more well for someone that might be a certain way studying more for someone else that might be looking after themselves some more. For the other one, it might be, you know, tapping into meditation classes, yoga classes, giving them all these facilities and tools that perhaps they wouldn't have had access to before, allowing them to know that they have these tools and it's available for them. And then we adapt our leadership style according to the needs of each person. It's not a cookie cutter well being program taken out. The focus is employee well being. And the focus is leaders is to make sure that each one of these employees has what they need to feel well. It's about understanding the ultimate well being goal and working together with them. It's not about being more productive. When we're doing performance evaluations, it's not only about their strengths, their weaknesses, is about how well they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Because when you are happy, you perform amazingly.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are many,
0: many, many exciting programs being rolled out on a global level that even I'm not aware of. So they're huge, and we're seeing this across the industry.
1: That's interesting. So um, just moving away a little bit, what kind of encouraged you to start
0: writing? I'm terribly introverted. I'm a very, very I I I I don't
1: believe that.
0: (laughs) Well, I am, I assure you. I am introvert, a huge introvert. So I found that, you know, I have when I joined the industry, you only had the typical cowboys and cowgirls who shared the information, and that was the law. And I always find that why so many, so wow, so many. People that i know can contribute so valuably and i started um, and i found linkedin a fantastic platform for that sharing my opinion encouraging debate encouraging people to check within themselves because we have so much knowledge each one of us and i think if we contributed we would just elevate the the collective aspect of us you know collective intelligence and i started writing it's just my thoughts on paper my frustrations, just in general, of being you know in the hotel industry, you know, you're only one to three percent of a whole industry, and you always feel like the alien speaking to a hotel GM, or they don't try to understand you. There's always that disconnect, and I'm sure there's both sides that the two sides to the story. Um, so I started writing about that, and I found when I wrote and when I continue to write, you know, I get my thinking ducks in a row. And this is where I can express myself through my words, encourage discussion, encourage participation. I'm curious, i love to know what other people think. And, um, I th- and that's why I like writing. I think it helps me put my thoughts on paper. And it helps me engage, you know, with other people who think like me. Mm-hmm. So what are your two books
1: about? I mean, they're clearly about well being. Uh, but uh, just a little, you know, just a little brief on on
0: both the books? Um, the How to Open a Smart Spa is an ebook, and gosh, when I read it, I, I you know I cringe sometimes thinking, God, <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> it was a very long time ago, and it was an ebook. And the idea behind that was how to help people set up a spa business. I would normally find either a therapist, or physiotherapist, or someone from a very different industry trying to come in. And they just didn't understand the intricacies of the spa business. And that book was directed to owners and of spas or people looking to open a spa, predominantly standalone and also within hotels, what tools they needed or what are the steps they need to go through in order to be successful. And a smart spa is a spa that's intelligent for me at that moment. (laughs) And now... The wellness asset is at a totally, you know, it's at a different level, and it's about the intangible and tangible value that an integrated wellness offering adds to a hotel. And you know, hotels have always been notorious about selling room nights and food and beverage. And the business has evolved, consumers have evolved, and well-being is not going to be your food and beverage restaurant, or it's not going to be a room night. There is intangible value. When someone feels good, you can't measure that. But that's the survival of your business tomorrow. Um, Like the same way way today, no business can work without technology. Yeah, It's an important ally. The same way hotels cannot function without well-being in some shape or form offering it. And it has a tangible value, which tangible is normally associated with a dollar value to it. And the intangible, that feel-good factor, when guests engage with you, when guests leave rave, rave reviews. So my book was written when I wrote the Owl and the South set. I reached out to, gosh, maybe by now, 150 hoteliers, interviewing them to understand where are we right now and how can we get out of this? Because our main feeder market, corporate, and will not return the way it used to. So yeah. we have to find an alternative way to survive. And what can we do just tap into wellness? We have it in front of us. We've just underutilized that asset. And in many cases, we've created liabilities because we've not done things well. So the wellness asset is directed to hoteliers, investors, GMs, hotel companies, wanting to survive this very, very difficult time. And I give them the tools to do it. And my essence model that has been tested and tried. It's one thing saying, wellness is an asset and wellness can add huge value both to your top line and your bottom line but it's quite another thing making it happen and I've provided them with the toolkit and my seven-step essence model that helps people go from step one right to step seven so that's what their wellness asset is about it's about effecting change and it's
1: a apparently been really really well received so um, you know so I'm, I'm i'm sure that you're already thinking of another one because i think these you know these these kind of uh, tools um are so important to um to for people who make, and and you read it and then you say oh oh my god why did i not look at you know this point of view and look at it from a different angle. So I think these kind of, um, I I wouldn't call it self-help, but more like uh, books that uh, create an awareness, Um, you know? So I think, um, and from what I have read, um, it's been really, really well received. So good on you for that. (laughs) And- um, So what's, what's next? Are you already kind of working on another book?
0: I am. I am. It's okay. in the cooking. Um, okay. I wrote, I'm actually working on it, giving it kind of shape, but writing a book's a lot of work. I can assure you, I spent a lot of time writing The Wellness Asset um, and I want the next book to be equally powerful, equally inspiring, and I want our industry to just, you know, I want us all to be able to ride the wave. We have some, we have a very interesting decade ahead of us. Yeah. And we are so privileged. We are so lucky to be in it now. We're, we're recreating everything. And this, yeah. you know, you don't get opportunities like this very often in life. And we so are we're just, basically this being, we're
1: being, uh, we are a part of the change. Yes.
0: Yeah, we're making that change. Yeah, change we're making
1: that change. Yeah
0: yeah, We're yeah. making change. Yeah. And my goal is, you know, you've seen the Amazons, you've seen the apples, They're part of the one trillion dollar industry, you know, where they're generating one trillion dollars each year, a company. I want a wellness-rated company to do that. And the only way you can do that is if we do it collectively. You know knowledge should not be kept, you know it's not our proprietary right. Yeah. You no. know, it's not our intellectual property. It's something we owe collectively because yeah. we definitely have everything it takes to be one of the top leaders. Yeah. We do. One company out there, there will be one.
1: Yeah,
0: And doing things the right way. You know, you can make money. You know, I do like money. I do believe money can be made, but you can do it the right way. You can do it with integrity and respect. You can look after the well-being of people. You can do good for the universe. You can do good for the world. I mean, and we're doing that. And we have incredible talent in our industry, incredible talent. I've reached out to people. I'm like, wow, you know, this is why the Wellness asset has had so much success. It's not only me. It's all of us. Yeah. And the next book is going to just take us and the
1: Excellent. That's excellent. I mean, that, that you know, I've had uh, a melting pot, um, which is my podcast. I've, you know, I've, I've published more than 130 episodes. But, um, and and which is why, you know, I felt like, okay, it's got its, got its niche, it's got its uh, followers, subscribers, listeners, all of that, viewers. But I wanted to also Add to the conversation, um, you know, like you've mentioned, and which is why um, I decided to uh, launch another show called Now Boarding, which is, again, very, very specific to um, the environment, to, um, you know, to um, ecotourism, to how we well-being uh, and how important it is and so which is why you know conversations with people like yourself and all the other guests that you know I have been chatting with um, I feel my platform um, I mean it's not going to make a huge difference but even if it's like a small percentage um, it it matters You know, and if I can use my platform to do that, um, why not? And because I believe in it as well. And so and I have this um, I have the ability to to be able to use uh, podcasting um, as a Platform to reach out to more and more people, and 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 have a message there by talking to you know such wonderful people like yourself. So um, so like you're saying, each one of us has a role to play, um, and if we're able to do it collectively, um, you know, there's no looking back. So. Um, I, yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I'm sure um, coming back to your, your third uh, book that you're going to be authoring, I'm sure it's going to go, it's, you know, and you've got now these two years um, of what we've gone through to also add on to that right um so i think yeah no i mean i'm i'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation i know we've been trying to do it for a while (laughs) and i was hoping while i was in spain we could have but anyways it's it's never too late so i've really enjoyed talking to you um thank you very
0: much thank you so so much it's been an absolute pleasure being here and talking with you and sharing insights thank you so much (laughs) thank you and good luck good luck to you too take care you you too
1: Bye. bye 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 hope you enjoyed this episode of now boarding a travel podcast Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.